This is Wrestling is for Girls, a weekly wrestling podcast for everyone, as long as you are aligned with Yeet. There's no time to waste this week. We have Raw and SmackDown to discuss, plus our highly informed, research-backed, very scientific predictions for Saturday's premium live event, Crown Jewel. So I'm here with Jillian, as always. And uh, are you ready to smack it down in the name of trucking through everything that happened this week in wrestling? Yeet. Yes, I am. That's what I, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> Let's do it. So SmackDown starts with an incredible contract signing. I think, you know, some people like contract signings. Some people think that they're stupid and a waste of airtime. I personally always enjoy them because they're so nuts. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Um, for me, one of the greatest contract signing moments was when Dad stabbed Big Show in the eye with the pen and called him Fat Boy. Oh, so, I real highs and lows. I saw that one. <laughs> uh, it's wow. a classic from the vaults. But this contract signing, um, some really spectacularly hilarious things happen. We have Roman Reigns coming out with Paul Heyman for a contract signing with Los Angeles Knight. And uh, Roman tries to come out and have his moment. Jillian, what did you think about how Los Angeles Knight responded to Roman attempting <laughs> to have his entrance? No, no. I was nah, nah. like sitting there like, oh, man, he interrupted Roman Reigns. <laughs> I was just like waiting for somebody to lose their shit completely. Like, you do not interrupt the head of the table. The Kavorka was truly undeniable on Friday night. <laughs> Truly. so many balls um i feel like there's this thing you see over and over with roman where he hates nonsense mm-hmm. like he just doesn't have time for it he doesn't like it and right now his life is hell because he's feuding with <laughs> los angeles night and he has jim uso back in the locker room and he's just like i why do you think i don't come to work this is why yeah he really is surrounded by um dopes at the moment mm-hmm I love it. And uh, once Los Angeles gets into the ring, what what does he do? Do you want to talk about what he did? Well, he sat down at the head of the table. The head of the table. <laughs> and then he's a real dick about it. He really is. I feel like, I think it's funny because if I, now memory may not be serving, but like, was there only two chairs one of which was at the head of the table and one of which was yes. not, which like they never do for contract signings. So like, oh, we get it. It's not just metaphorical. You're also the head of the contract signing table. It was it was pretty much set up to appease Roman's insecurities. And at late night, it was like, nah, uh-uh. Screw nah, you, nah. dude. Amazing. Um, I also really enjoyed when Paul Heyman got frustrated and threw a pen at LA night well I like that he like took the he wouldn't so like he didn't want to use the he didn't want to give Roman the pen that LA night used like yes. this is beneath Roman it's just like <laughs> ugh, like rejected it and I was at that moment I was like I wonder did he like think of this ahead of time did he plan to do this or is this just like quick spur of the moment Paul Heyman genius I feel like the way he talks on the mic he must be such a quick thinker yeah like i i have no doubt that he strategizes plans and premeditates but i really think he is super quick on his feet i think so too he's a lot of fun to watch 
So Roman is done being nagged and insulted and he is going to take over. Um, the way he talks about having this match with Los Angeles Knight, did it not sound like he was talking about taking his virginity? I was like, dude, this is getting weird. I feel like this is a theme. This happened somewhere else. I can't remember. What were we talking about? Oh, with like <laughs> when we were talking about uh, Damien cashing in, like Rhea was just like, no, Damien, not until you're yes. ready. It's just like, can we stop pretending like wrestling matches are sex? and um belts and titles are like people's virginity and just like it's just it's some wrestling guys look the state of sex education in america is such today that you have got to sit your kids down in front of a contract signing for wwe and be like what does this teach us about consent i guess you got to take it where you can get it right just like absolutely So this ends in a way that I think is like very predictable. Um, Roman gets very tired of Los Angeles night and literally throws the table at him and then kicks a hole in him. He's just like, we're done. We're freaking done. We threw that table at him. I was like, oh man, I wonder if he expected that. It was pretty great. And Los Angeles does get the upper hand for a moment, but then Jim Uso appears dressed like Santa kind of. Yeah, and, I thought it, uh, like, I was waiting for him to have a pitchfork. Yes, he's like in the Halloween spirit. <laughs> so he's supposed to take out Los Angeles, but that's not what happens. Instead, he goes through a table. Yeah, I, <laughs> he's like, he's like the. I mean, he exactly is like the well-meaning henchman that just always sucks. Yes. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about how Jay's sense of timing is really, really poor, but Jim's sense of everything is kind of atrocious it's great i love it so much it's just a continuation of him just being like cannot read the room ever and it's just full of uh unearned uh confidence yes he's so convicted that he is like the number two quarterback and it's like you are not the water boy my dude you're not second street the football JV. metaphor is incredible. So Roman cannot get a bit of respite because as soon as Los Angeles is done with him, he finds himself backstage and he's just trying to like catch his breath, put up his hair, have a moment. Heyman's trying to make him do some kind of Green Bay Packers NFL belt commercial. So weird. Have you seen how much those belts cost? Yeah, they're like. $350 or something insane. They're like, why are you crazy. trying to sell this? Like, what are you doing? I mean, I know what they're doing, but I just, I just feel like more and more WWE is catering to an audience that is vastly wealthier yes. than I think the majority of folks who I consider their target demographic. And I think they also have this thing where like, everything is cool except what they do it's like you know what the best thing about wrestling is football (laughs) football is the best thing about wrestling like who is the market for these belts other than like celebrity athletes that they hand them to yeah exactly that's what i was thinking was there like clamoring somewhere that people like man patrick mahomes got a belt i would love to have a kansas city chiefs belt that'd be great 
I feel like somewhere there's a podcast with no fucking listeners that these two guys do, and they're like, you know, it'd be awesome if Dad was listening, and he's listening to them and not us. Except Dad is Andy Reid, coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> and he just is feeding a direct line to our dad, oh, Triple H. Amazing. Amazing. So Jim finally appears, flings himself <laughs> onto the couch, and he lets Roman know that he's been in the trainer's room getting looked at. He is injured. He is on the injured reserve list, and I quote, can't do nothing. I this this segment is just like the pinnacle of the football metaphor that they've been just drawing out. Like I had to call an audible. Jim ran the wrong play. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good. Everything about it was amazing. I don't know how Roman doesn't just like bust out laughing because it's complete no absurdity. As someone who knows nothing about football, I had the best time watching this whole thing. I was like, this may be segment of the night. I don't know. Like, I'm really enjoying this. It was. Yeah, I think it was segment of the night. I guess, well, and that's the thing, too, is, like, I remember watching some interview where Jimmy and Jay were talking about, I think they're asking questions, someone's asking questions about them, and everybody says Jimmy's the funny one. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it must be extra hard when he's, like, on, because he's just been so on nonstop. Yes. He is a comedic genius. I, I can't lie. It's fantastic. Beautiful. Um, he then, because Roman is pretty insistent that he needs to do it tonight, get rid of Los Angeles night, Mm -hmm. Jim clears himself (laughs) so that Paul Heyman can go make the match for him. (laughs) As if he had a choice. Oh, it's amazing. As if he could outrun him. As if he could outrun him. (sighs) Everything about Jim Uso is designed to lure (laughs) us in. Everything. (laughs) so jim gives us a yeet roman still hates yeet proving that he is the worst person on the planet seriously what the fuck and then we have to talk about another segment which really harnesses worst people on the planet energy i mean so yeah poor kathy kelly is backstage and logan paul is just kind of like mean high school boy bullying her yeah he steals her microphone and thinks it's funny like my dude you are so unbelievably awkward can you do anything that's not scripted it was it was very weird i don't think kathy liked it i certainly didn't like it no um you know he just acts like a douche and then he runs into ko who i don't know about you i thought he like sounded pretty congested i hope yeah he's kind of I feel like he's, he kind of goes back and forth from, from being sort of congested sounding. I think he might have a little sinus issue. Yeah, I hope that clears up. I know, bless him. And then, do you want to talk us through what happens with Kevin Owens to conclude I mean, this segment? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it comes down to like, so Austin Theory and um, Grayson Waller show up being the doofuses that they are, right? And KO is about how punchable their faces are, right? He keeps saying, like, they have such punchable faces. And I think he tries to goad Kathy into, like, agreeing that they have punchable yes. faces. Yes. And he's like, I bet I can <laughs> I can punch both of you 
at the same time, like one punch and hit both of your faces. Uh, I call it the Three Stooges punch. It feels yeah. very Three Stooges to me. It was so dumb. I loved it. I also loved that Jamie Noble was there in his backstage dude capacity. And he's like, I could totally punch them in the face at the same time, right? And Jamie Noble's like, yes. Yes, you can, my brother in Christ. I believe in you. I couldn't remember who that dude was. I was like, I know that guy. That's Jamie Noble, former Thank mid-card you. dude. Okay. What did was he under that name when he wrestled? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know if that's his real name or not, to be honest. Okay. But uh our boy KO gets the job done. He, he punches them both in the face at the same time. It was beautiful. I love him. Do you remember when Budweiser used to have those real men of genius commercials? Real men of genius. genius. I do. I hadn't thought about that until forever. We got to bring that back for KO this week because he truly was a real man of genius. He is a real man of genius. My spouse sent me a, I think it was a TikTok where like he and Kathy are having another conversation. Have you seen that? No. I don't know if it showed up on reels or not, but he mm-hmm. he's like backstage eating an apple and she like comes up to him and he's like throws the apple away and like whips it down the hallway kind of. And she's talking about so it's this punch and he's like, well, Kathy, you know, you said I should punch him in the face. You know, you said <laughs> that they had punchable faces. And she's like, um, I said that people had agreed with you that they had punchable faces. And then he goes on this like long discussion about who he's going to beat up next. And I can't remember exactly who he said, but he was like, let's see, I'm going to punch him. And then I'm going to kick him in the stomach. Well, I do that before I do the stunner and then, like a pop-up power bomb. <laughs> it was really, <laughs> it was pretty great. He is a miracle and I love him. I need to send that to you. Please do. As, uh, as we're leaving this segment, KO is shouting down the hall. Uh, Jamie, I punched them. He just wanted to make sure everybody knew. Very important. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to send this to you because it's beautiful. And I think one of the best parts is the weird discussion about the apple. <laughs> I cannot. Because at one point he's like, oh, they're telling me to wrap it up behind the camera. They're, they're doing this thing to wrap it up. And she's like, yeah, that's who you hit with an apple. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> Amazing. I send it to you. Thank you. So we have to shift gears into something that's a little more heartfelt and a little less Three Stooges punching Mm -hmm. and talk about John Cena and the existential crisis he is facing about going one-on-one with Solo Sokoa at Crown Jewel. Um, He's insecure. Does this not seem like the most unwarranted existential crisis, like in the history of existential crises, though? Like it's Solo Sokoa, like classic bad guy versus John Cena, king of the world. Literal Superman and Captain America in one person. Like, I don't know. I just it's it felt I love John Cena, but it felt so hammy to me. It was like, dude, yes. you're great at you're great at pandering to the crowd. Like you're great at that. You love crowd service and fan service, but it's like nobody is gonna be mad that you lose. Like you're not gonna be no. in trouble if you lose. Right? Like you're not gonna get any demerits 
like dad's not going to take the car keys away you can still come over on fridays if you want it's not going to be a big deal you're not going to be downgraded from goat to oat it's fine (laughs) is oat like if goat is greatest of all time would oat be like outstanding at times so it's like conditional yeah i think so Mm -hmm. i was just thinking of all time you just fill in the blank but okay yours is better both work (laughs) so you know cena's like he's worried people will stop respecting him he probably doesn't want to go back to the days when his music would hit and people would be like john cena sucks which was great i keep listening for it i just i don't know i keep waiting for somebody to bring that up just because it became a joke after a while right well i feel like it was when you know kurt angle was a heel and his music would be like and people would yell you suck right yes but even when he went that. face, people will still do it. And he seems to really like it. Like, he thinks it's funny. I'm glad he so, embraced it. Because, like, they weren't going to stop doing it. Like, it was never going to stop. If you can't beat him, you got to join him, Right? And I, yeah, I don't think Cena true. wants to join them. I don't think so either. His little towel. So he's kind of he's kind of pulling it together. You know, he's getting hyped up. But then Paul Heyman comes out. And he does this classic Paul Heyman thing. Where he says some nice things. <laughs> but then he's like, well, actually, LOL, Roman is the best. So, like, you're kind of not the best anymore, but you're really good at talking. I'm absolutely convinced that Paul Heyman can out-promo anyone. Yes. Like, I don't. It could be the greatest fucking promo of all time. Paul Heyman will come out and just bury it. Paul Heyman is like if the devil went down to Georgia was about cutting a promo, (laughs) but the devil wins. (laughs) That is what that man does. He has a fiddle of gold now that he stole. He has vocal cords of gold. That's for sure. Um, So basically he's like, look, Solo is really good at thumbing people. And he's going to thumb you so hard mm-hmm. that you won't be able to talk anymore. Your hyoid bone is going south. Yes. Now, what do you think about this threat? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, we can talk about this more when we do our predictions. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't yeah, I mean, Solo's going to do all those things. I don't know that Solo's going to win. Has Solo ever taken away anyone's voice in the history of the thumb? I don't think so. Maybe his own. He doesn't talk that much. That's true. Maybe he thumbed himself, and that's how he learned the great power of the thumb. Every time he loses his th- uses the thumb, he can't talk for like three days. Oh, that's a, a terrible and poetic punishment. It's a curse. So, I mean, no surprises here. Solo shows up. He hits Cena a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is, I don't want to get into our predictions yet, but it's always very hard for me to predict that in a place where like fan favorites are beloved and that's what the people yeah. want to see, that John Cena is going to face a crushing defeat. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, has John Cena gone to Crown Jewel before? You know, I don't know. That's a great question. I really don't know. Because I'm also thinking if this is the first time John Cena goes to Crown Jewel, he's not going to lose. No. 
It would be like if they hauled Hulk Hogan out of retirement and let Austin <laughs> beat him. It's not going to happen. Oh my god. I kind of want that to happen. <laughs> Even though I hate Austin Theory cuz man Hulk Hogan is trash, but that'd be amazing. Hulk Hogan is much worse. Let's let's be honest. That's true. So, we transition from one great talker to another. Los Angeles Knight is backstage and he cuts a promo on the bloodline. And it's really, it's awful. Um, he speculates on the amount of tingle in Jim Uso's loins. <sighs> he invites mm. him to a match that is already scheduled and threatens to ride him <laughs> with the help of his pigtails. What do you, what do you think about I think, all this? I think I remember. So like, it's like a vague memory at this point because SmackDown was like seven weeks ago. But I think that the pigtail thing was weird. I <laughs> And I think I do remember him inviting him to have a match that was already. (laughs) Yeah, it's like just lunacy. It's like just more like I think maybe he had one thing planned, but then he realized like, oh, I got to talk for like a minute and a half. Shit. So then he was just like free balling. And when when he free balls, you get tingle in your loins. I mean, like, I personally never want to hear about loin tingle ever again. No. I am really anti all this, like, there's a lot of, like, genital focus in this man's promoing, <laughs> and I need it to, I need him to take it down a notch. Just any sex-related stuff, Ellie, and I just jettison that yes. from your repertoire. Like, I don't want to hear about your Kavorka mm-hmm. or your loins. I just, or how you're going to ride Jim around with his pigtails. I, none of it. No. It's all bad. Just don't want any of it. So... <laughs> I'd like to move on to a palate cleanser. We okay. have the return of Bianca Belair to speak with us. Wonderful. And uh, share her plans with us. And she yeah. only has one thing on her mind, and it's taking out damage control. What do you, what do you Revenge. think about that? Um, first of all, I would like to talk about her outfit, because I always like to talk about her outfits. She reminded me of one of those cute little, like, harlequin clowns that you yes, see I could see like in a that. good way not in a bad yes. way not in a bad clown way but like in a cute like uh triangle hat with the little ruffles around it and her cute little outfit anyway i loved her outfit she looked amazing she looked adorable as per usual um right so, so now she's on a she's kind of on a sammy-esque was yes. it sammy that did this like i'm gonna kill every member of the bloodline she wants to kill every member of damage control and get her title back and i think she'll do it (laughs) i really believe in her i did think it was funny that she's like i'm gonna take out every member of damage control bailey and eo and that's it (laughs) i feel so like dakota's like not still not cleared so like okay i'll make you feel really bad though dakota i kind of wish she'd been like and dakota you'll never be cleared after what i do to you Ooh, yeah But she took the high road, as she so often does. She does. She's a good egg. She is. After this moment of clarity and sophistication and intelligence and class, we have the absolute opposite (laughs) of that when Jim Uso goes head-to-head with Los Angeles Knight in the main event. Um, Did Uh. you notice Jim's (laughs) tough-talking children on the way to the ring? Yeah. (laughs) Everything he does right now is fucking gold like the man incredible like unleashing both jay and jimmy and letting them do their it's like 
it's like when they let new day do their own thing it was just gold it still remains gold years and years later and so like Mm -hmm. letting wrestlers be themselves or you know explore some other avenues of awesomeness it's going so well i really think that anybody when you let them do something they believe in and they are motivated to do Mm -hmm. that they're going to do better yeah you know like that sounds mm-hmm. very like startup CEO motivational talk, but I sincerely believe that's true, especially in a creative thing like this. Yeah, but startup CEO motivational talk, those people make a lot of money. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> you should do more of that. I mean, it's, you know, you just have to put it together in the right order. That's true. Yeah, we're not starting up much of anything right now. You know, It's mostly no. just talk yeah so this match is full of great moments for me that have nothing to do with wrestling like at one point la knight has jim uso in a hold he's like basically trying to break his arm while jim is like you're not going to crown jewel yeah it's like jim i think he might be i think he might be i was waiting for it to be like why are you hitting yourself stop hitting yourself yes then uh, jim takes a break Oh, it really is big brother energy. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Uh, Jim takes a break to go high five Michael Cole. <laughs> Pretty great. <laughs> I but uh, I still hope this is part of his insane plan to like destroy Roman Reigns from the inside. Like I would just like, it's just this grand scheme that he's been plotting for so long. It's like, I'm going to take him down from the inside. He's like, I can't physically defeat him, but you know what I can do? I can psychologically break him. Yeah. Hijinks. Dude doesn't like hijinks. I particularly loved when the crowd was chanting, Jay is better. <laughs> so, was cruel. so cruel. So funny. <laughs> oh, it was so good. I think Jim just kind of was like, oh, man. <laughs> I think hey, that guys, one got him a little up. bit. <laughs> Did you also happen to see that there was a sign in the audience? We saw it during the opening too. This woman had a sign that said LA date night. I did see that. And the person next to her had, she's available. Yeah. Yes. Way to shoot your shot. I know. Does he have a partner? You know, I don't know. I don't know much about Los Angeles Knight's personal life. I assume he goes home to an empty apartment and just promos all night alone. (laughs) You'd think he could come up with a little bit better stuff if he's just promoing all night alone. I think it's more about like just his the way he is versus an actual promo improvement process. Oh man, he's just having fun. He's just loving it. He is. Right, ride it, ride the wave, man. Mm-hmm. So Los Angeles does ultimately get the win, but then Roman comes out to attack him. And Ellie Knight lays them out. So, I mean, are we in dangerous uh, momentum territory? Or do you think yep. something will happen next week before Crown Jewel to slow the train down? Well, there won't be anything. Crown Jewel is Saturday, so there won't be anything next week oh, to slow shit, the train down. Oh, shit, that's right. I'm like, um, but when they did the contract signing, I was even like, this is looks like momentum. Wait, no, because that happened last Friday. We just had Raw. Then there's going to be Friday Night Smackdown and Crown Jewel on Saturday. Right. This coming Saturday. Right, but Friday happens before Saturday. 
Oh, we're not on Raw. I'm sorry. I thought we were into Raw. No, we're not. You're you're correct. Sorry. These are SmackDown performers. No, it's okay. Oh my gosh. I can't keep I can straight. Eat. Look, your loins are tingling. You're overwhelmed by the Kavorka. Oh, it's not your fault. It's not your fault at all. Um Well, I mean, again, I don't want to go into our picks, but like mm-hmm. this is momentum a hundred percent because there's no fucking way in hell LA Knight wins at Crown Jewel. So they're I... gonna let him win. They'll let him win Friday night. If he does, he'll it'll be the greatest troll of all time, which would be very in line <laughs> with LA Knight, but it would be a pretty intense troll up there with what what's that one? The Montreal screw job. Yeah, yep. It will never happen. Like I don't think it'll ever happen, but it would be a hell of a troll. I <laughs> my mind would explode. Well, before your mind explodes, would you like to get raw? I would, even though I thought we were already being raw. So yes, please. You were just uh, take my brain to the next dimension. You were looking ahead. You were focused on the future, and I respect that as your co-host. Thank you. So raw starts off in incredible fashion. Um, Mommy arrives with her sex idiot Dom Dom and JD <laughs> McDonough, who I think might be her personal assistant, or even oh, worse, God. Dominic's personal assistant. I don't know why he's around. I mean, I just, I know they want more henchmen, but it's just like, he's so awkward and weird. I think um, mommy loves him. I think that's why he's around. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she's just trying to keep Finn happy. Maybe. So we learn that Dominic will face Ricochet tonight and JD will take on Seth Rollins. And I was immediately like, oh, they're both going to get murdered. Okay. Yeah. Um, Probably. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just, I, I, well, I want to wait until we get to the interruption. So I don't know if we're there yet. That's what I was going to talk about. So why don't, take us into the interruption. Tell us what happened. So uh, chit chat is a happening and Sammy's music comes, comes blaring out. And I swear, like Rhea was trying to talk. I swear she yelled, God damn it. <laughs> she she did yell, off. God damn it. It was amazing. It was amazing. I was like, like, can she say that on Raw? (laughs) She can and she did because mommy is always on top except when she's interrupted. Oh my God, that was so funny. I want to make this point. I was annoyed that so far in the evening, it's October 30th. Not a goddamn costume in sight. Really slacking. Really slacking. I mean, like, come on. there's an argument. There's an argument to be made that we sort of make up for this later, but I would argue that it's too little, too late, and also too weird. Yeah, I. No, like no, I don't know. They did such a big deal with Halloween on NXT. It's like, I know. Why don't you have it carry through a little bit? It's not hard. Someone put on some bunny ears. Like that's all it takes, right? Like Cater just to... get in the spirit. Dear Dad, it was very disappointing more halloween more holiday happenings on wrestling please also next year we're gonna need you to take us trick-or-treating oh yeah definitely in your neighborhood where they absolutely give out the big candy bars and probably just like rolls of 50 dollar bills i'm guessing i don't know like instead of bars like you don't take around the unicef box they just give you full unicef boxes 
but they're full of bills. Do you remember those um, little cards that you would open up and you would put quarters into the slots and you would save yeah. those cards? And like, I always wanted one of those. I never got one. I think I did have one, but I don't remember who gave it to me. And I don't remember what it was supposed to be for. I think you just like collect them and then give them to the bank. Mm, that makes like a sense. fun way to save money. It is kind anyway. of fun. Adults don't get things like that. No piggy banks, no cards. No. No pension. No social security. No health insurance. It's great. Adulthood is awesome. Uh, it tingles my loins constantly. Um, I want to take us back, though, because you had asked me to talk about what happened. Sammy declared war on the Judgment Day. Sammy went really, really hard here. Like, I thought he was fighting for someone's rights. <laughs> he was really going for it. When this was over, I turned to my husband and I was like, this wasn't just about, like, the Judgment Day, right? Like, this is about the state of the world and, like, a lot of other big frightening things that are happening. Like, Sammy is on fire. Yeah, um, there was a lot happening there. And I, I like to think he felt a lot better after he, like, screamed that out for a little bit. I think so i think you needed to vent it and we're here for you sammy you let it out i support your move all the way let's do this let's take down the judgment day uh you know who doesn't support his move though is ria well because no. she's very dismissive and says they don't need the numbers when it comes to him yeah <sighs> very rude it's very rude because it's very much like oh you're just like a little ant don't worry Mm -hmm. But I think she thinks everyone is like a little ant, to be honest. I mean, she does that little stomp at the beginning of her entrance. So, like, she's mm -hmm. stomping. <laughs> so, the even though she's... I make are brilliant. <laughs> they're brilliant, they're insightful, and they set the loins of my mind a tingle. Gross. Mind my loins. mental loins. It sounds like some so horrible D&D even... &D thing. Oh, it really does. Mm. Mine loins. Okay. Anyway. So um, even though she's not the leader of the Judgment Day, she proposes a match for Sammy against Damien Priest. And I support it. Yeah. I am always happy whenever any of our favorites wrestle any of our other favorites. It is always a good time. And then uh, Dom also supports it. The crowd doesn't support him, and he wants to teach Sammy a lesson right now. And who appears to support Sammy in this challenge? Our springiest hero, Ricochet. It's really nice. There's a point where Sammy wants to hug, but Ricochet is like, dude, we got to fight these guys. We, we can't hug right now. <laughs> Sammy always wants to hug. Sammy leads every conversation with a hug. I love that about him. Monday Night Raw this week was some of Sammy's most aggressive hugging. It was wonderful, and I think that um, he needs a t-shirt that says, I'm a hugger. I think he does. That's true. That I would like to get him one of those. Yes. Mm -hmm. So one thing that really stood out to me about this raw is that I've been complaining a lot. And I think you've been complaining about this too, that the matches are often short on these shows and they're unsatisfying, mm -hmm. but we kind of move past that this week i think like we get a match with ricochet and dominic which i don't really have much to say about because it was 
very standard like ricochet is amazing mm -hmm. yeah um we had that alpha academy match versus the creed brothers which was very 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 good yeah um, those creed brothers made me nervous but i mean it worked out because i didn't know anything about them so i was like oh man they're trying to do suplexes on poor Otis, and I was just really worried somebody was going to get broken, but it worked out. I think someday we have to interrogate your anxieties around like the intent of violence in professional wrestling, which absolutely sounds like a grad school paper. Well, I mean, it's all violence, though, right? That's true, but it's like, you know, protected violence. It's like, yeah, hug. I just worry about, I don't want to witness a neck breaking. I That's what I'm afraid of. And Otis is a very large man. That's very concerning. I agree with you. I just think that if I saw that, I could never watch wrestling again. And I really love wrestling. So it would put me off for a long time if I saw something like that happen. Yeah. Terrifying. And we also later have that DIY and Imperium match. So like, I want to give dad some kudos just for like, yes, bringing the good wrestling this week. Thanks, dad. Well done. I also want to give him some kudos for what happens uh, a little bit later when Finn and Damien are hanging out backstage and we see the new day, or should I say the new judgment day? Ugh, my favorite Can you tell Halloween us about this. Um, well, so they're just kind of chatting, but <laughs> new day shows up and I think I kind of didn't see what Kofi was wearing, but it looked like um, Xavier was dressed up like Rhea. Yes. Was Kofi Damien? Um, did I write it I down? Which one was which? I think Kofi might have been dressed up like Dom. Was he? Okay. Um, I think he had the flannel with the cutoff. Like, sleeves. they no-sold the new Judgment Day, and it makes me so sad <laughs> because... They didn't like, get it at all. No, it's like the greatest costume, but um, this was the highlight for me. I was really hoping this would be the start of like a bunch of amazing little vignettes with New Judgment yes. Day, but that didn't happen. Um, but we see an instance here of what I've been talking about for a while. I mean, we both have about this like uh, discontent weaving amongst New Day members, right? Like Damien yes. is the most vocal one he's and he's just like time. yeah he's like um last i checked we didn't have a leader however ria is making all of these decisions about everything and i don't like it and then ria's like oh but dom you're the best or damien you're the best at everything so don't worry about it like he totally took the bait what a dope i mean i think that's the thing right she surrounded herself with dopes they're all so and dopey they let her run the show and like Damien gets an inkling that something is wrong, but then she's like, <laughs> look, a shiny thing. And he's like, oh shit, that's a shiny thing. Yeah. Oh, but you're so, you're good at everything. Isn't that great? You're so good at, talented. you know, I am good at everything. You're right. I'm tall, good looking, and I have a lot of skills. I, I do pretty good eyeliner too. It's pretty, pretty legit. I mean, am I the undertaker? No, but I think this eyeliner looks good. I mean... I don't look like I just came out of the coal mine, so. Got that going for me. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of this, something really, really brutal happens. Uh, poor JD tries to put his hand down for like, you know, the team, everybody covers everybody else's <laughs> hands and nobody wants to, like not even Finn wants to do it. 
They just fist bump, right? Yeah, they just kind of ignore him and do their own thing. It was really awkward. Everything it's about painful. him is awkward. Like he's trying to like, you know, the thing when you're in theater and like you're not a main character, but you're like not just an extra. You're just kind of there, but you have to be in the background. So you do like background looking things yep. to try to like fill in actions. That's what JD's doing, but he's trying to pull focus and it's really awkward. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if we're supposed to not like him, he's doing an exceptional job of making us be I like, mean, dude, perfection. A plus. A plus. For a change of pace, I want to talk about our friend, The Miz. Oof. I feel like it's safe to say that The Miz has been in a little bit of a rut lately where, like, he has some matches with dudes who kind of beat him as a proving ground. He does his Miz TV thing and gets his ass kicked. He's kind of been a joke guy for a while, right? Definitely a punching bag. Right. And we're used to The Miz being, like, funny. He promotes things. He's not... He hasn't yeah. been a serious contender in a long time. I think it's mm -mm. fair to say. Yeah. And uh, I think this week there's a sea change coming because Miz invites Gunther on Miz TV and uh, he gets pretty saucy with Imperium when they come down instead of <laughs> Gunther. Yeah. Things get heated. Yes. Um, I also was really proud of him because like, Giovanni kind of accuses him of being Marisa's sidekick, and the Miz is not at all ashamed of being Marisa's sidekick. No, not at all. Which I love so that about him. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. And then finally, yeah. like Gunther gets tired of waiting for Ludwig to call him out, so he turns up in his little sockless shoes, and he's <laughs> I wrote really, that too. <laughs> he's really cruel to the Miz. Really, really cruel. Yeah. What did you think yeah. about the Miz's response to this? I really liked his response. Like, so this whole speech that Miz gives, I don't remember all of the all of the details, but he just kind of like does a little bit of laying out of his pedigree, and I think I think it's an like the tone of it wasn't the tone that he sometimes has when he's like clearly um, like being made fun of, you know, floundering, yeah. kind of like that that sort of tone that he uses to be funny. Like this was a very serious thing. And it seemed to me, I, I had a note. I was like, are they going to feud? Like, is this going to become a thing? Because I would love it. I would love it too. And I also think much like the idea of Los Angeles Knight taking the undisputed title from Roman, the fans will fucking lose it. If the Miz <laughs> dethrones Gunther for the title i know it'd be incredible it would be kind of brilliant and i i'd like to see the miz have a little resurgence i mean his credentials yeah. are real right the things he said weren't made up yeah. so well and when he said he was the one who brought legitimacy to the icy title like the fans agreed they were like absolutely right you did like you made it a title worth fighting over so i thought that was interesting right. that they were like yes miz yes we support you in this one thing. So I'm kind <laughs> of tentatively very excited about this. I know. I know. It would be great. Um, like everybody's know, we'll had their happens. shot, but, but now he's going to be in like a, 
what is it, a fatal four-way for the a shot at Gunther? Yeah, he's got to earn his shot, so. I will never, ever, ever in a million years understand how they determine how someone gets a title shot because no. Charlotte Flair comes in and is like, I want a title shot, and she gets one. Someone else comes in, they're like, no, you've got to go through like an eight-dude gauntlet, and then maybe we'll talk about it. I think it's important to remember that Miz is a self-made man while Charlotte Flair is, in fact, a Nepo baby. That's true. Miz did work hard on those real-world world rules challenges. Right, and I mean, she's like the ultimate Nepo baby in professional wrestling. She really is. She really is. Like, Randy's got to be a close second, right? I think so. I mean... Or maybe Cody? Cody might be second Cody now. is is a hella Nepo baby. and I mean, I love him, but he's a Nepo baby. I mean, yeah, but I, yeah, I'm just, cause like Randy is a Nepo baby, but I feel like his dad wasn't level of belovedness that Ric Flair and, um, Dusty were. I don't know that much about Randy's dad, except that his arm was always in a cast and he was a cowboy. Oh yeah. I don't know. Any, like his grandfather wrestled too, right? I think so. He's like a third generation superstar. Yeah. Maybe he's like too many generations now and they're just like boring back to the end of the line buddy did you see there are a few signs about randy i didn't i think people are like thinking he's got to have a comeback soon or fucking announce retirement man what what are you doing maybe it's gonna be both he's got those weird like hyper extended shoulders so like oh i don't know he's got problems but is I miss him. Happened? I'd like him. Yeah, he has this thing with his shoulder joints where like they're easily injured because he's like hypermobile in his shoulder joints or something. Oh, that's really sad. I don't understand it well and I'm probably explaining it poorly, but it is it sounds, it sounds like it awful. Sucks. Yeah. It's <laughs> someone who has shoulder problems. That sounds terrible. Yeah, they just sl- pop out a joint all the time. No big deal. It's totally cool. You just roll with it. <laughs> Sam and Dean style. <laughs> salt and burn those shoulders (laughs) do you know what else uh, felt a little supernatural-esque on raw (laughs) what was that shinsuke nakamura his fog machine and the incredible array of threats he made backstage during his promo i want him to make these promos for the rest of eternity like maybe he never wrestles again he just keeps making these fucking weird promos it would be great it was so great. He's looking for his next sacrifice. Will he choose them? <laughs> Will they choose him? He <laughs> wants them to awaken him and poke the lion. This is this is some bold talk from a man who never wins anything. I, <laughs> I really want him to win some stuff. I do too. I'm like, let's justify it. Let's make him the lion. Yeah. He's just yeah, he's, he's looking. He's like extra evil jimmy at this point he really it's like if jim was dead serious about everything he'd be shinsuke yep i feel like he's just looking for a lamb to lay down with his lion you know <laughs> in a meadow somewhere very sparkly a stupid lamb uh, so yeah i we don't really get any indication of who this person to poke the lion will be but i am excited as i am for everything involving shinsuke 
It's probably going to be Akira or something because he seems to sacrifice himself for everything lately. Probably. He's easily, easily disposable. Um, Akira. Just as good as Shinsuke's promo is an interaction we see between Sammy and Jay. This is your area of expertise. So I'm going to ask you to take us through it. Why is this my area of expertise? Because I feel like you're real passionate about this. I mean, I am too, but I feel like oh. you have a, an um, enduring mission. It was just like a beautiful showing of two people who were like so excited to see each other. And like, yes! like people who talk every single day and they're like buddies and they love each other. But then they're just like still so excited to see each other. Like, I feel like it's like the joy of small children who like. Yes when a small child has a bestie and they just like are so excited to see their bestie and they just like hug each other and jump up and down and dance. That's what it felt like to me. And then dumb Jackie comes along and interrupts it and says, get out, Jackie. get out. I think you're right. I feel like this is how we act when we haven't seen each other for a long time. <laughs> like yes. this level of intense joy. <laughs> you're like, true. it's not like that for me. It's not like that. <laughs> It's so I thought it's joy. I thought it was nice that after you know Sammy takes off, Jay hypes up his bros. He mm-hmm. hypes up Sammy. He thinks that he and Cody should bring the tag titles back, and yes. I was like, "Yes, please." Agree, yes, please. agree, agree. And he leaves us with a mention of his confusing, complicated feelings for mommy. Well, I, what I like is that he puts a period on the end of the sentence. Like he just says, "Yeet." Yeet. <laughs> he like. It was the professional yeet. <laughs> yes, it was business casual yeet. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't get a beat on him about Rhea sometimes because he like stone faced when he said it. Yes. Like, does he feel the love? Is he confused? Is this a joke to him? Like, I just need insight into what Jay is feeling. Is he trying to make Sammy jealous? What's going on? It's. I mean, maybe it'll work. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Another situation on Raw this week that left me asking, what is going on? Is this sort of like MySpace era vlog produced by Drew McIntyre at the Performance Center? Where he cries very hard about being the champion during the pandemic era. Yeah, his whole thing was like this laundry list of chances that he had and they didn't work out for one reason or another, never because he wasn't a like good at wrestling right he's the ultimate like if i hadn't blown out my knee right before the semifinals i'd be in the nfl right now yeah if the weather had been two degrees warmer i would have been champion yep it's uh it's kind of interesting because like his grievances all feel like the kind of thing that internally feel like really real grievances but you're maybe not supposed to say because they also make you sound like a whiny little bee so i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah because i was like i get it drew i understand why you're pissed off and then later when seth is like shut the fuck up i'm like yeah drew shut the fuck up (laughs) so the truth because i'm listening to drew talk and i'm like man i'd feel bad about all that shit too and then seth's like hi a million people died in america alone everybody lost their jobs and it was terrifying drew what the frick is wrong with you and i was like oh he actually is making a very adult point about this i thought i know and i didn't expect that i really thought he was gonna be like people had it worse drew 
they didn't get any title shots. <laughs> right? He did not go that way. He was uh he was very very spot on and also like just the tough truth talk which nobody likes to receive. Like no. Bestie respectfully. Yeah. I'm about to say something that will gut you <laughs> because it's accurate. <laughs> respectfully shut your whining pie hole. Shut your hole. Um JD McDonough takes advantage of this intense moment of criticism to attack Seth from behind, which really pisses Seth off. Yeah, they, I mean, they're supposed to have a match and JD's like, surprise, and they start their match right away. Um, JD couldn't wait, he was excited. He couldn't wait. I feel like Seth kicked his ass all over the place for 99% of the match. So at one point, Wade Barrett is, and I'm paraphrasing here, he's like, you might not like JD McDonough, but you have to respect him because nobody gets beat up as hard or as often as he does. And I was like, you know, that's not unfair or inaccurate. I'm not going to respect him for that, though. <laughs> well, you're not going to respect him for anything. He could save, like, a garbage bag full of kittens from a burning building, and he'd be like, fuck that dude. Fuck that dude. <laughs> I would be, but I would be glad that he saved the kittens. Did you see that um, someone in the crowd had a JD McFunko sign? Oh my God, no. Pretty Oof. tough. Pretty tough to be JD. It really is. So, you know, they're doing their thing. Seth is killing him. It's pretty rough. And then uh, Mr. Money in the Bank arrives with a referee. I was really hoping for this. I, like, I was hoping he was going to cash in. Do you think that he came out there having any intent to cash in, or do you think it was all mind games? I think it was mind games. He's saving it up. Seth wasn't nearly battered enough. Like he he's gonna wait until like whomever he attacks is like mostly dead. That's what I thought too. Like it was it would have been really heroic timing, but really dumb timing when you think about the purpose <laughs> of Money in the Bank is to have an it easy shot. Been, yeah, it would have been super so. dumb. So we end the match. Um, Seth pins JD in this really sort of aggressive stance that feels a little inappropriate while he stares down Damien. <laughs> There's a lot of that in wrestling. It's a lot of establishing dominance in wrestling. And, a lot uh, of prolonged eye contact. He keeps it going because he comes out of the ring and he confronts Damien and is like, make your move. Make your move. And in response, Damien shows him the briefcase, which is, I guess, nice to confirm. Check it out, dude. They so put a briefcase on it for me. It's purple. That bitch, he'd made this for me. He knows I hate him. <laughs> I'm not letting him in the judgment day, but he won't admit it to himself. This ends um, in a way that I really enjoyed, where Damien kind of picks up JD, but not really, and he then just leaves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, I'm still, I'm still having a hard time tracking Damien's relationship with JD at this point because I still don't think he likes him. I'm not sure why he's helping him. I don't get it. Maybe it's just like, he knows JD's kind of, you know, been shown up as a fool against Seth and he's like, let's go. Come on. Yeah. Maybe clean yourself up. Let's get out of here. Don't do anything stupid and get me hurt. Please don't. 
So we have talked a little bit on this podcast about the evolution of women's wrestling from when we might have started watching wrestling until today. And that, of course, involves the diva era, which Trish and Lita and many of our other favorites were part of. Mm -hmm. And it's not their fault that they were. Um, The reason I'm bringing this up is this trick or street fight between Natalia and Chelsea. It felt like a real throwback to like a diva's costume contest battle royal. Yeah. There were aspects about it that I liked. So I really liked the costumes. Like I thought it was really funny that Chelsea and Piper were Brett and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. I thought that was really fun. Um, I think it could have been less that way if there had been other matches throughout the night that were Halloween themed. It would have felt less. Yes. What is the word I'm looking for? Um, Novelty. It would have been less of a novelty act. It felt like a novelty act. Like you said, like they would do these matches. And of course, the women would have much less clothing on uh, Mm -hmm. at that time. And it would just be like, how much weird shit can we get them to smear all over their bodies? It felt a little humiliating for Natty throughout. Everything has been about humiliating her lately. It's so weird. Like, I'm probably being way too sensitive about this, but, like, Piper came to the ring dressed as Natalia's dead dad. So that that's was an incredible start. Yeah, um, that's true. Then, like, Natty takes a pie to the face. Yeah, that was like, weird. All this really sort of weird Halloween-themed abuse. And I'm like, this feels like very niche softcore pornography. It was strange. I guess I thought... Because I, I liked the costumes that they did. And I was like, oh, they she's did a like great job. being Natty's dad. That's fun. I was like, I hope that she's okay with <laughs> like, I think I just kind of assumed consent there. But maybe I, sh- I was like, she, she gave her a little, her little silver beret. So, but. I mean, I want to believe that like Piper Niven is a really nice person and was like, would you be okay with this? Or is it weird? And Natty's like, no, it's totally fine. And maybe. She is a member of the deceased father club and she has been for a while. So she can make like really dark jokes and laugh about it. Yeah. You know, as a, and maybe it didn't bother. And I hope it didn't bother her at all. I hope I'm just being too sensitive about it. Yeah. Maybe it was just like a character, right? Like mm-hmm. she's like, no, this is fun. It's right. The imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Is that what they, mm-hmm. that's the old, the yes. old chestnut. The old chestnut. <laughs> that's my wrestling name. The old chestnut. That, that's what I'm going to call you in real life from now on. I carry um, chestnuts in my pocket that are still in their like horrible spiky shell thing. And I throw them down on the ground and wrestlers fall on them. The old chestnut. Will you ultimately roast them on an open fire? Absolutely. I will also, uh, what else are chestnuts good for? I think that's I cannot it. think of a single other thing. I can't either. I have no idea. Have you ever eaten a roasted chestnut? I don't think I have. I, I always think of that as something we stopped doing in the Victorian era, but that's not accurate. I think at the farmer's market here, you can buy roasted chestnuts, at, you know, like around the holidays. Um, I've heard very mixed reviews about roasted chestnuts. Mm, I kind of want you to try some and report back. I think I would hate them because I don't like nuts generally. That's fair. Yeah. So speaking of nuts, uh, Nikki Cross 
plays a sort of interesting role. What is her deal in this match? She's been inside a table with her pump with a pumpkin on her head the whole time, and her hair is kind of damp and weird, like she's been in a pumpkin too long. She's like been this bedraggled person now, just like kind of staring off into space. Yes, and I, I feel like I can't tell if like. One, I think I said before, I was kind of surprised that she was not future endeavored back when they released 800,000 yeah. of their employees. But I feel like she's she keeps trying these different aspects of a persona. And I, I don't know if it's her that's coming up with this or if it's the writers that are doing this, but either way, it's not working. No, I and agree. Like, I don't think I need her all. to reinvent herself because I like her. I just this isn't it. No, I don't think she's ever had a character that really worked that well for me. No. I want to like her, but it's it's a little tough. I don't think I've ever seen her cut a promo ever. No, I don't think I have either. Wow. So, I mean, this ends exactly how you'd imagine. Chelsea Green gets the win because Natalia's humiliation is never complete. Mm -mm. But... There's one other important thing I wanted to note about this match. You might have noticed there were some sort of like spider web design candy bowls floating around the ring. I didn't see that. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. I used to have those candy bowls. They're from Walmart. Amazing. I threw mine out, but you know. Uh, I think dad's been picking through your trash. I think he has, and that's a good sign because that means he's paying attention. <laughs> we love you, dad. Thank you so much. Um, this brings us to the main event between Ooh. two Wrestling is for Girls favorites, Damian Priest versus Sami Zayn. Um, we also have Wade Barrett really defending that Rhea is not the leader of the Judgment Day. She's the chief strategist. I loved it. I, I love how Cole just completely backs him into a corner and is like, uh, Wade, the definition you are giving is like the exact definition of what a leader is. <laughs> right here in the dictionary i'm gonna have the cameraman come over and focus on this so you will see well sometimes not always <laughs> i just want to point out michael that it's not exactly what you're saying but it but it is that was great <laughs> it was pretty good um one thing i wanted to ask you about if you ever noticed this like sammy Zayn is such a lovable character right like he's everybody's friend we all love him so much yeah. But did you ever notice that a lot of his moves are basically attempted homicide? Uh, yeah. I mean, every time he does the exploder, I'm like, right? I'm like, this is not okay. This is like a super compact suplex, and I hate it, especially when Damian Priest is six foot eight. Yes. It's like, Sammy, you have this like happy go lucky, nice guy thing going on, but literally, you are out here more than many of your colleagues actively plotting the death of everyone you work with trying to kick people's heads off their bodies it's a lot that blue thunder bomb thing is cool though it is they're all cool i just they're so there. scary i know he means business he does he see he's like a cinnamon roll but he's also will kill you at the same time <laughs> he's both he's a strychnine lace cinnamon roll he absolutely is. Um, Sammy, you should make a t-shirt that says that if you're listening. So we can't have nice things because Finn and Damien come down. I'm sorry, Finn and Dom. Damien is already there. Finn and Dom come down to distract Sammy. You know, Sammy is above it. 
He also nails Dom real good at one point right in the face. <laughs> and then, you know, there's a lot of times that it might have been helpful to Sammy to have someone in his corner. Jay Uso doesn't give a shit about any of that. He's going to come down on Jacef time. Yeah, Jacef. So he does appear. Jacef, like Jimmy, not great on the timing. He then also, like, goes ahead and gets Sammy disqualified. Oh, was he tr- was he doing that to save him? I think he was just trying to save him, but it's like, Jay, you didn't understand the assignment, and sometimes I don't think you understand any of the assignments. Do you understand how wrestling works, Jay? I mean, like, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't, because none of it makes any sense most of the time, but... But just this is one thing. It's something you should be aware of, buddy. Yes. So it's also very clear to me that Jay has been having a negative influence on Cody because he also takes forever to come out and help them. Yeah, but he's injured, so it takes a longer time to get there. That's true. Damien did try to destroy his ankle. But as Cody tells us later, he was not successful. He was not successful. So what follows is kind of amazing to me. Um <sighs> Cody is like, you know, they all start brawling. Everything goes crazy. And uh, Cody then asks Sammy to put JD on the announce desk. And at first, Sammy feigns like he doesn't want to do it. And is like, yeah. ah, yeah, let's kill him. Yeah. Like, yeah, he got it. He jumped on that. Insane. He jumped on that uh, bandwagon real quick. He he very much got into it. Um, Cody wants to talk after this. He wants the mic. And Sammy wants to hug, but he's also like, what if you gave him the crossroads on the announce table one more time just for fun? Just for fun. <sighs> After I've kicked him so hard in the face. Yes! Like the dude, I thought he was going to take off JD's head with that kick. That was amazing. It was crazy. Um, I also realize this is the first time I've understood the mechanics of how the crossroads works. Because I'm always like, how does he not kill the guy? And then I realize, like, their head is kind of, like, tucked against his chest, so they're protected. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting to see, because I was like, how is he going to do that in that narrow space? Because in the ring, you don't see the dimensions of it. Right. I'm like, are they going to fit on that little desk? But, yeah, it was, I still thought that second one he did, I was like, is his neck okay? It looked a little, looked a little yeah. stressful. You didn't really care, though. No, fuck that guy. So after this, Cody finally gets his chance to talk and uh, tells Damien he was unsuccessful in taking him out. He got knocked down, but he got back up again, basically like Chumbawamba, as our older listeners will remember. And uh, then he shames him pretty hard for not leading the Judgment Day. He says he walks behind, like he walks behind Rhea and Finn and even Dom. He's a walk behind her. Is there anything wrong with being the guy who walks behind? I mean, besides getting all the crop dusting, probably not. But I mean, like, from a character standpoint, I feel like it's okay to be, like, the supportive one. Yeah, I mean, this feels like it's some sort of weird commentary on masculinity, right? It absolutely is, yes. Damien's masculinity, like, right, you're the biggest and strongest, therefore you should be the leader, bruh. 
but like this little tiny lady is doing the leading. It's one of, I mean, I feel like this is a drum that Cody's been beating and it's one of my least favorite things that he does. Like the problem with the judgment day isn't that a girl is in charge. I, I would not be sad if Rhea took him down a notch. <laughs> It would be amazing. I mean, he's my favorite and I would support it 100%. She needs to do what she needs to do. Like, how great would it be if she did the crossroads on him? I think it would be humbling and he'd have to issue an apology. Yep. Yep. So after this, Cody assures Damien that uh, it's always Cody Rhodes, which like, dude, we watch the show. We know. We know it's always you. <laughs> it's always And Cody. that he's back on his path and it goes straight through Damien. Yep, so he's going to split Damien down the middle. Yep, just like an axe and a log. Mm-hmm. It's going to be gross and wet. Oof. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about Raw before we move on to predictions? It was uh, definitely a better Raw from last week. Um, and of course, next week's Raw will be post-pay-per-view, and that's always exciting. So hopefully it'll be a good Great one. drama. Much excitement. Yes. So now's the moment I think we've all been waiting for. Um, I can't reveal to you the highly proprietary and detailed system that we use to make our predictions. Um, <laughs> it is, as I said, scientific. I'm going to start at what I am guessing is the bottom of the card. Well, I know this is the bottom of the card and then move my way up. On the kickoff show, I am outraged to report that we have Sami Zayn versus JD McDonough. Sami does not belong in the kickoff show. He doesn't. This feels like a. This feels like an afterthought for sure. And they're like, yes. "Oh shit, we forgot to put Sammy on the card." Fudge. Uh, quick, put him in the ring with that weirdo. I really hope in the writers' room that's how they refer to JD McDonough as that weirdo. Um, I'm pretty sure Sammy's gonna win. I also think Sammy's gonna win. Tell me more. Uh, well, I mean, he's a crowd favorite, right? Like last year at Crown Jewel, like the entire audience like shit themselves collectively when he came out because yes. they were so happy to see him. So I just feel like this Crown Jewel is not about any of the storylines really, right? Like it's about making people happy. Like this is like, yes. this feels like the most fan servicey pay-per-view. So like, mm -hmm. I feel like the fan favorites are going to win. I could be wrong. I that's generally my feeling as well. Um, it's a feel good moment for fans in a place that does not have the consistent volume of wrestling shows that are available in the United States. Yeah. You know, it's, it's often treated as a moment out of Canon. So yep. yeah, I, I think fan favorite Sami Zayn getting over here is a, a very good bet. Next I have Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. What is your prediction? I think, I think Damien will win. Really? Well, based on like the history that we see of Cody, when Cody like sets his mind to something, he usually loses first and then he'll win maybe, right? Like he never just wins right away. What about your fan favorite theory? Oh, that's true. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if he's a big a fan favorite. Though. I don't know. I mean, I would. I want Cody to win because he's. Do you you really don't think Cody is a fan favorite? No, I think he is. I don't know if he's just like the number one fan favorite there. Oh, so in a Saudi Arabian context, 
Yeah, like I feel like Roman Reigns is going to be a bigger deal than Cody. So like, th- like they can't have everybody win, right? All the fan favorites can't win. I feel like they can't have John Cena lose. Roman's Absolutely not. Lose. So I feel like Cody might be the one to take the loss because while still a mega fan favorite, it is part of Cody's narrative to lose sometimes. That's true. That's very true. I, I do not I saying it very well before. Sorry. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. I don't see it being Damien's night because okay. I think it sets him up to do one of two things, like be much more resentful about the judgment day in general, mm-hmm. or to cash in on a wounded Seth Rollins or part of that plan B if Drew wins to immediately beat Drew and just make him incandescent with rage. Yeah. Any of those things are possible. Well, that's the great thing about wrestling. Anything is possible. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So after this one, we've got a guy that I know is just one of your absolute favorites, Logan Paul taking on Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. I have a really horrible feeling about this. I do too. I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Like, again, Rey Mysterio has got to be a fan favorite, right? Everybody hates Logan Paul collectively. Yes. Um... However, can we have Logan Paul keep coming to these events and losing? Mm-hmm. And it's not, it doesn't hurt Ray to lose a match, even to Logan Paul. Like Ray can't be hurt in that way. He's Ray Mysterio. And it's just the United States Championship, which is not like, not to say it's not important, but it's not as important as the other titles. I think right now it's the least important of any of the titles. Mm-hmm. Like, except maybe the women's tag titles. Oh my god! Yeah. So I think we're united in fear around Logan Paul. <laughs> yeah, I never want him to win anything. And that bullshit boxing match that he keeps talking about winning, like, I think he ended up winning by decision. Like, it was it wasn't like he knocked oh. the dude out. You know, I just assumed he knocked the dude out. I don't know enough about boxing to. Because I beat him. I beat. Like, yeah. Okay. You technically won. <laughs> like, you got the participation trophy of winning. Good job, dude. I just like, oh, fuck you, dude. Uh, he is awful. He is. Less awful, much more exciting. We've got EO Sky versus Bianca Belair for the women's uh, championship. I'm going EO on this. I really want it to be EO. I want EO to hold her own against a very, very credible opponent. Me too. So my fingers are crossed for EO, but I won't be shocked if Bianca takes it from her. I think EO will win because, well, based on if she's, you know, I'm going to go through every member of uh, damage control, then she's got a little bit of a road ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, Bailey and Dakota will be there to probably help make sure that EO wins. Absolutely, right? Bianca is gonna be standing on her own, so. Mm -hmm. I think this next match, we are very, very clear on who we think is gonna come out on top. Uh, John Cena versus Solo Sokoa. It's gotta be our John Cena. It's gotta be John, he's the goat. He's the boat, he's everything. I mean, unless they're gonna pull something where he's like, 
I can't believe I lost. Now I've got to redeem myself. And he goes on some other like long journey to some other mm. something title. I guess so much depends on the writer's strike, right? I mean, or the actor's strike. The actor's strike. Yeah, it's still going, yeah. right? Yeah, that's why he's still with us. So, but I I do feel confident saying that John Cena is gonna, you know, revive his self confidence and come out of this one on top. I hope so. After this, we have a women's fatal five way for the world championship, in which Rhea Ripley will take on Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Raquel Rodriguez, and Zoe Stark. I'm surprised they didn't throw Natalia in there just for a punching bag. Yeah, she just like gets knocked over, shits her pants, and then she doesn't come back to the match. <laughs> Spends the rest of the evening waddling uncomfortably, but telling everyone how proud she is of them. Yes, like you all did so good, or none of you <laughs> pooped, which is really cool. <laughs> um, I went with Rhea. I also went with Rhea. I, it doesn't feel like it is her time to lose to any of these ladies as credible as they are. I also, I don't, I'm not ready for her to lose to anybody yet. So I don't think I am either. I want more. Yeah. Personally, I would like to see her defend more often, but I, that's true of like all of the titles. That's fair. After this one, we have a world heavyweight championship championship. That's nice. Championship, championship. match. Championship between <laughs> Seth Rollins and the broodiest boy in the world, Drew McIntyre. Your countryman. My countryman. So I want Drew to win just because it would be a fun change, but I don't think sure. he will. I kind of don't think he will either. And then I wonder how long this like black cloud Drew McIntyre story can go. Well, and every time I think of like him with a big match, I think of him like how he was gone for a while because he was negotiating his contract. And so like, right. is this going to be part of the contract? Like he gets another title? Maybe, maybe this is it, but I I'm going with Seth just because I'm, I'm uh, skeptical. Well, I feel your skepticism for sure. I also pick Seth. So finally at the top of the card, I never thought I'd say this. We have Los Angeles night versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Yeah. yeah. So weird. It's super weird. I mean, I think I've said this about five times tonight. I don't think there's any way Los Angeles wins. As much as I would love him to win, like it would be so amazing. He's not going to win. I mean, I do think just the hilarity potential would be incredible, but I agree. It's, I don't think it's his time. And I no. I don't know that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if he has a great match with Roman Reigns, that doesn't really set him back. You know, he's still on no. that trajectory. It doesn't. I don't know. Maybe dad shocks the hell out of us. And he's like, let's just do it. Fuck it. <laughs> let's see like, what happens. You know what? Roman, you don't like coming to work. And I get that. This guy loves it. Loves it. <laughs> so uh, that is our crown jewel card. I'm so excited. Um, I love the pay-per-views. Do you have any other thoughts, expectations, feelings about Crown Jewel? Um, I'm sad that I won't be able to watch it until Sunday. So that like is a bummer. So I'm going to have to stay off like every social media platform because um, I don't want to be, sp it's not the end of the world if I'm spoiled, but I really don't want to be spoiled. So it's adjacent to the end of the world. 
I also love the novelty of Crown Jewel just because it's like a pay-per-view in the early part of the day. <laughs> um, like but I'll still be able to watch it in the early part of the day on Sunday. But I'm really excited. Um, I'm sure some hijinks will ensue. I, I'm wondering if we'll see any surprise guests. I'm not sure who That'd that be would fun. be, but yeah, it would be fun. Well, I share your excitement and uh, I think it'll be interesting no matter what happens. So thank you once again for listening to Wrestling is for Girls. Join us next week when we talk all things Crown Jewel. And remember, there's nothing stopping you from announcing that you're the head of the table. But it's also totally okay to be the dude who walks behind if that's your vibe.